What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Coming up, we continue our NFL previews by division with the NFC South. I think Julio Jones probably made three times more visits to uh, the doctor than he did to the end zone last year. We look at all four teams and identify the top position battles in training camp. They really need A.J. Klein to step up this year. Each team's biggest question mark. I feel sorry for Tampa Bay fans because while Winston not only comes back, look at this guy's lack of dedication to the game itself. A newcomer to watch on each team. My newcomer to watch in camp is going to be Davenport because if he falls flat on his face. And a sleeper or surprise player. Cameron Otis Payne. I think he's going to take quite a few touches away from C.J. Anderson. This is the Scouts Honor Podcast with inside information. Peyton's a smart man. He's going to cover for losing May Ingram for those four weeks. And unique perspective. You can't replace a poet. It's like trying to replace your left foot with somebody else's right foot. From Super Scout Dave T. Thomas and your host, Paul Crane. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Crane, back with the publisher of the NFL Draft Report and director of operations of Scouting Services, Inc., Dave T. Thomas and Dave T. We continue our NFL division previews as teams open training camp. This podcast looking at the NFC South. And this has been an extremely competitive division for the last several years. Well, extremely competitive division, but it's also going to be quite interesting to see how their star player acts when they show up in training camp. And I'm not talking about their quarterback. All right, you're talking about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to go alphabetically through the NFC South, and the Atlanta Falcons will start there. This is a team that, of course, two seasons ago made it to the Super Bowl and lost a big lead, had a little hangover on that last season. But Julio Jones, the star wide receiver of the Falcons, he's got some contract desires that he's not yet getting. You look at what happened during OTAs. Look at what happened during a minicamp. I mean, he was a no-show or he was standing on the sidelines. Uh, well, he had a personal reason. Well, he's overcoming from injuries. Uh, we thought that we'd hold him out for a while. All excuses. And then the real, excuse, uh, the real reason behind it all is, now nah, we really don't want to do his contract. Well, when you look at Julio Jones, obviously the talent, just unbelievable. But he only had three touchdowns last year. You look at the team's Super Bowl season, they were outstanding in the red zone as they should have been. Kyle Shanahan leaves, and all of a sudden Steve Sarkeesian is the offensive coordinator, and the Falcons just fall apart in the red zone. I think Julio Jones probably made three times more visits to uh, the doctor than he did to the end zone last year. And you have to look at that. That's probably the biggest thing in play right now. As great as he is, is he breaking down? Do we lay this money on him and then carry that cap issue for at least a good four or five years? Uh, They had inconsistent play at tight end. Uh, Sanu came through for them, but he really is not the modern blue-collar type. So they went and risked 
with life in them, even though they needed help on the defensive line, they went ahead and they took Ridley out of Alabama. I mean, he's definitely the successor for the other Crimson Tide player who's right now trying to get another contract out of them. So Calvin Ridley, the first-round pick, and as we look at each of these teams, we're going to run through important position battles, biggest question marks, newcomers, and surprise players. So We've talked a lot about the offense. We have not yet talked about the defense for the Atlanta Falcons. They've had some changes there, but what's the most important position battle on this team as it opens camp? Uh, trying to decide if you're going to keep Sarkeesian around or not. I really don't think that offense is suited for Atlanta. That was a severe drop-off. I think right now they're just saying, okay, let's wait and see, but let's wait and see keeps you out of the playoffs for a year, so you really don't want to go that route. You look at the situation that they have with the receivers. they got a great tandem in the backfield in uh, Coleman and Freeman, and you got yourself Manny, uh, Matty Isaac, quarterback. Uh, the big thing that I'm looking at is even though they brought Fusco in on the offensive line, they still got that big hole over at the right tackle spot. Schrader is the guy that they're going to be uh, uh, consistently throwing out there this year, but you have to go back and look at these guys. These guys really don't have that much uh, pedigree. He was a free agent in 2013. The guy that started in 2016, Pazdor, he was a free agent the year before that. So you really need to start building up on that offensive line itself. They don't have the debt that you're looking for of other teams. Sean Hollow, this is a guy that they thought was going to come in and be a big guy for them, but still, he's buried behind Alex Mack at center. I think they should be moving him out to guard just in case. Well, you mentioned Brandon Fusco. As soon as he was signed from the 49ers as a free agent, you praised the Falcons for that. Jake Matthews, they need him healthy at left tackle. Of course, Devontae Freeman at running back. Uh, they've got weapons. You mentioned Matty Ice, of course, Matt Ryan at quarterback, but this team stopped scoring points last year after leading the league in its Super Bowl season of 2016. Oh, definitely, and the whole thing comes down to is a different type of game plan. That's what I'm saying. Sarkeesian, this is a guy that got booted out of Washington. This is a guy that got booted out of USC. This is a guy that Nick Saban found wanting and says, yeah, sure, go ahead and take him. So you bring him in to run a valuable tool like your offense over here, Strange brew, folks. I'd say one of the things to me that Dan Quinn has done for this team in terms of making changes, they're not as soft as I think they were uh, appeared to be in the division. How much tougher is this team and how much tougher does it need to be? Well, on offense, you're ending up losing Taylor Gabriel, and that would have been a key over here because, like I say, Mohamed Sanu is nothing but just a wide receiver. Uh, but you look on the defensive side of the ball, I'm really worried about that defensive line. Grady Jarrett's really come on strong. I think their third-round pick, uh, DeAdrian uh, Senate, this is going to be a stud for them. As a matter of fact, they were looking to trade up in the draft to get this guy. They need to Karis McKinley to come through and be their other version of Vic Beasley up on the front wall. Brooks Reed is nothing more than a backup type. But folks, they lost Adrian Claiborne. They lost on Terry Poe on that defensive line. That's going to hurt not only leadership-wise, but production-wise. Is that the biggest question on this team heading into camp, the defensive side? Oh, God, you lose a Poe, that's, you, you can't replace a Poe. That's like trying to replace your left foot with somebody else's right foot. You're going to trip over yourself. Of all the newcomers to the Falcons, Who's the newcomer 
to watch in training camp? Well, the guy underneath the microscope. I mean, Ridley himself, you don't go ahead and pass up on all those defensive linemen there unless you're telling your fans, we need to go ourselves a quality wide receiver. And that's what they're going to get out of him. Uh, they're going to start out playing him in the slot. Me, I'm going to try to play him at the flanker spot. Move Sanu into the slot. He's more physical inside. And you got Justin Hardy if you needed another slot guy. But uh, to play Ridley on the inside, no, I wouldn't do that. I think he could stretch the field. Actually, I think a big sleeper there is a kid out of a Division three school that they picked up off the street from Wesley, Matt Gono, G-O-N-O. This is a guy that I think is going to be key for them at both guard spots and could possibly slide over to tackle if Schrader doesn't pan out right. Very interesting. And the, hearing you talk about that, Calvin Ridley, could his play could have a lot to do with what the Falcons ultimately end up paying Julio Jones, or do they let him walk away? That, of course, is if he comes in and, and actually finishes out his contract. Oh, brother, if they were going to do anything as far as keeping this guy, they would have done it already. Uh, you don't let this go on into the season. It's the same thing like with a baseball uh, manager. Don't let the guy go into his last season waiting for a contract, man. Either get the deal done or tell him to get the hell out the door. I think right now if they decided to trade him, they could get themselves probably only a two for him because people are going to sit back and look at that medical, brother. And when that medical comes across over here, even Aflac Duck is going to fly away. <laughs> well, that's Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons as we continue alphabetically in our look at the NFC South. Let's move to the Carolina Panthers. One of their major issues, they've got several, but protecting Cam Newton would qualify being very high on the list. Yeah, but they got to get that kid out of diapers first. I mean, you're talking about one of the more immature quarterbacks off the field. On the field, you know, you look at what he wants to do. He's sort of turned into, okay, everybody's covered. I'm running. You can't do that in this league. You've got to sit back. You've got to go through your progression reads, and he's probably the worst I've seen out there as far as going through that uh, that process. Uh, they added uh, Tory Smith for him, uh, uh, brought him in, uh, but the big subtraction is on that offensive line. Andrew Norwell is going to be very hard to place at the left guard spot. And they've got a new offensive coordinator in Norv Turner. And you got the Khalil brothers who sit out there most of the time in the training room. They're not on the football field. That offensive line is very suspect, Paul. You may have to have Cam keep on running. And you look at what they're doing in the backfield. They brought in C.J. Anderson to handle the grunt work because they realize Christian McCaffrey, as good as he is, is better not getting too many touches coming out of the backfield. Well, as we run through things for the Carolina Panthers, uh, the most important position battle is that. Have you referenced that with the receivers? They've got these newcomers that Torrey Smith, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel didn't exactly play a lot as a rookie, or is it someplace else? I don't see Torrey Smith being a battle for anybody. It's a given that DJ Moore is going to step into the lineup. Their problem is they have a glorified tight end over at the other spot in Devin Funches. Uh, Moore is going to have to be relied upon to stretch the field. You look at Torrey Smith, he's lost a step or two, Paul. You look at Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is more of a slot guy, and he was banged up last year. You're going into this thing with only four guys with any sort of pedigree as far as an NFL wide receiver goes. That's the problem. And when you got a wide receiver on your roster named Bug, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you got yourself a termite problem. <laughs> <laughs> what about the biggest question mark for the Panthers in camp? I think the biggest question mark is who's going to be protecting camp. 
you look at Matt Kale over at the left uh, tackle spot. He's been banged up quite a bit, and he's not exactly lived up to his rookie sensation year. That's the reason Minnesota let him walk. Uh, you end up letting Norwell go, and now you've got a guy that was a reject in Minnesota, Jeremiah Surlis, who's going to have to step in at left guard. Wow! If I'm a defensive lineman right now, I got that game circled on my calendar with big stars around it. And how about Julius Peppers? I feel like he's been around for 100 years. Well, you know, he made a pact with the devil over there. What was that? The picture of Dorian Gray? Now it's a picture of Julius Peppers. <laughs> he, was, he was drafted in 2002. Well, let me tell you one thing, Paul. It doesn't matter if he was drafted in two thousand, if he was drafted in nineteen o two. He's going to play like a young puppy this year because look who he's got lining up next to him. Probably the most underrated and dominating interior defensive lineman you will find in Don Terry Poe. That was a super super pickup for Carolina. Not only did they end up getting him, they ended up hurting the Falcons in the process. I was just and along with could go on short. And along with Kawan Short, look what they got. They got two studs in the middle. Julius coming off at the end. Mario Addison really starting to come into his own on the other side. Now all they have to do is find some death. But look at the third-round pickup from last year, Deshaun Hall. This is a kid that could come on strong for them this season. So when you talk about the newcomer to watch for the Carolina Panthers, have you named him in Don Terry Poe, the, the pickup from the Atlanta Falcons, or is it one of the others? Uh, the guy I like a lot is their fourth-round draft pick, Ian Thomas. Why? Because you look at the wide receivers that they have. Cam might turn around and say, hey, I'm going to go with a double tight end formation. Thomas is a very good blocker. He didn't get much of an opportunity to catch the ball, but when he did catch the ball, he made big plays over at Indiana this year. Going with him and Olsen as my two, t- my two clones at tight end, and along with Funchess, that short yardage area is going to be buku for Cam. They just don't have anybody outside of Moore to stretch the field right now, Paul. Which is possibly going to put Cam in a situation where he'll tuck and run more often than not if he can't get somebody open as he as he checks through his his progressions. But as a surprise player, is there a surprise player sitting out there on the Panthers we're going to hear about as camp unfolds? Yeah, watch number 34, the running back. I liked him a lot when he was over at Auburn. He didn't get to play much uh, early because he was a JUCO transfer. But Cameron Otis Payne, I think he's going to take quite a few touches away from C.J. Anderson. You know, Anderson had those big yardage with Denver last year. But, hey, when you get 1,000 yards and your team cuts you, something's got to be wrong out there on your resume. As we move from the Carolina Panthers and continue through the NFC South in alphabetical order, we're with the New Orleans Saints. They had two rookies of the year, both offensive and defensive last year, and running back Alvin Kamara and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. They got knocked out of the playoffs on a heartbreaking last-second play at Minnesota. But Drew Brees, he's got a new weapon to pair with Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn, but Mark Ingram will start the season suspended four games. So with all that said, Dave T., What's jumping off the page to you about the New Orleans Saints as they head to camp? Well, Meredith is still the wild card, Paul. We don't know what they're going to get because he spent most of last year out on IR. And then you've got to look at the stupid move they made. I'm sorry. I love New Orleans, man, but you don't trade for, uh, uh, how can I put it, a guy that just has potential on him and lack of production. 
You don't trade two first-round draft picks to bring in a Marcus Davenport. Then, of course, as soon as he shows up, he ends up getting hurt. So now you're sitting out there. you got Alex Okafor last year. He was all banged up before suffering a season-ending knee injury. Uh, you bring in Davenport over here thinking that he's going to be the second coming of God, but... I look at this guy, he's got a big learning curve. He's come out of a small school. He looked like senior crappy pants down at the senior bowl till the game itself. And you also got to look at what's going on in the secondary. They replaced Kenny Cameron with Kirk Coleman. Why? Well, I remember on draft day uh, how critical you were of giving up so much to get a guy who would have, in your opinion, been available for them anyway in Marcus Davenport. But when you look at some of the other things they did to their defenses, they wanted to try to give Cameron Jordan some help on the pass rush. What about linebacker Demario Davis? They gave him a big contract. And here we go to the same point, too. The Jets said, good riddance. We have Mr. Williamson coming through the door. They really need A.J. Klein to step up this year. He was banged up last year. Alex Hands alone, to me, is more of a rush-in than a linebacker itself at the weak side spot. But you look at that def- defensive line. You know, if Davenport comes through, okay, he could be alternating over there with Okafor as the backups. I still think that they need to move Sheldon Rankins over to the right defensive tackle spot to replace Tyler Davis. Davidson. Sheldon Rankins was a terror when he was up at Louisville, but he was more of a terror when he was shooting the gaps and coming and looping off at the edge. So what do you see as the Saints' most important position battle of training camp? Uh, going to see who ends up being the backup defensive end between Davenport and Okafor. Uh, you're going to see that uh, Tio's going to have to do something to, to uh, displace the Mario Davis. If not, you're going to have to move A.J. Klein into middle linebacker. I see middle linebacker as one of their weaker spots. I love to pick up a Patrick uh, Robinson because uh, you bring him in, you already got yourself a quality over at the left corner spot. With Marshawn Lattimore learning from the veteran over at the right corner spot, Marcus Williams, Kurt Coleman, Von Bell playing the safety spots. They have themselves at least three blue-collar types to play to safety, so they're taking care of in the back-end defense, but there's going to be some problems if the linebackers don't come through because you look at the three that they're probably going to end up starting, no other team will even consider that. So is that among the biggest questions for this team, or is they have, do they have another major question mark in their training camp they need to get answered? Uh, Their biggest answer in training camp is, will Michael Thomas be healthy out there on the football field? Can they squeeze another year out of Ted Ginn? Uh, Could Austin Carr play the the, uh, flanker spot? Or did they look at the sleeper that they took in the third round? Traquan Smith is stepping in there. Cameron Meredith, till he gets out there on the football field, he's still a blind spot. Great player in 2016, but when you're out hurt, you're out hurt. How close is Michael Thomas to becoming one of the elite wide receivers in this league? Well, when I got a quarterback like Drew Brees, it's uh, sort of like uh, an inherited right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Drew Brees can make Venus DeMilo look like a great wide receiver. She'll catch the ball with her teeth. He throws you open. And how about Drew Brees as we talk about the Saints before we continue on with a newcomer or a surprise player? He's no surprise, and he's certainly no newcomer. But Drew Brees, after all these years, to still be playing at as high a level as he continues to play, how eye-popping is that? 
Well, not only eye-popping, I'm really glad that he's going to be sticking around for two years so he could groom his replacement next year. And I'm telling all you New Orleans Saints fans, you better start watching Penn State film this year. If there's anything close to Drew Brees on the college market, it's Trace Masoli. Well, and that's a player I know we're going to be talking about on the Scouts Honor podcast moving forward. And you have already indicated Sean Payton has noticed him as well. And I'm telling you, there's a sleeper in the backfield for the New Orleans Saints. Mark Ingram's going to take a four-week vacation. Kamara's going to have to carry the load. I don't think they're going to go ahead and do it. Watch the guy they picked up last year, Trey Edmonds. His two brothers were just taken in the first round by Pittsburgh and Buffalo. But I think Trey's going to bring them some value out there. And the Shane Vereen pickup, you see right now, Peyton's a smart man. He's going to cover for losing Ingram for those four weeks. That's certainly going to be one of the keys to the New Orleans Saints in the first four games of the season, but you've reeled off a handful of newcomers. Have you yet named your New Orleans Saints newcomer to watch in camp? Yeah, my newcomer to watch in camp is going to be Davenport because if he falls flat on his face, uh, you're going to see a guy that's not going to be marching down a Bourbon Street with an umbrella receptive if it's to make sure the eggs don't bounce off his head. Well, because of if nothing else, not just because of being a first-round pick, but because of the price the Saints paid to draft him where they did. Well, not only the price they paid, it wasn't worth market value. Uh, honestly, I would not have taken him in the first round. I look at this guy and I say, you know, like what Terrell, uh, Terrell Owens is going to have sitting up at Canton without him, he's a bust. Well, that's not the kind of news Saints fans want to hear. But how about a surprise player? Have you identified one that the New Orleans Saints fans may not yet know, but will? Well, I'm really curious to see how a Tiger does in their tank because they do need some backups on the offensive line. Will Clapp out of LSU is going to back up probably one of the best centers in the game in Max Unger. But I think I would try to turn around and have them learn from Jermon Bushrod how to play offensive guard too. They need to get themselves some depth up front. And if you look at the guys that they got over there, you know, we bring back Peggy Lee a lot. But, you know, is that all there is? Is that all there is? And they play music down in New Orleans anyway. Well, I can tell you that people in New Orleans and throughout the state of Louisiana are happy they've got an LSU Tiger to root for on the New Orleans Saints because the Saints don't have a history. Yeah, but, oh, no, but, you know, one big thing, I love the return of the prodigal son, Paul. Big Ben Watson. Drew and Ben really clicked a couple of years ago, and I'm loving seeing that. Now, with Watson, with Thomas, with Jin. He's got himself some tools. And if Meredith makes it back fully recovered, boy, oh, boy, man. I don't want to be a low-flying pigeon over the stadium, yeah, even it, though it's a dome. It's a dome because there'll be a lot of footballs. There always are footballs flying through the air with Drew Brees, but I agree with you. You uh, had taken it. It was my next stop was going to ask you about Benjamin Watson, not only a quality tight end, a quality person, quality in the locker room. Everything that comes with Benjamin Watson is top shelf, and it's good to see that uh, he's decided to close his career career with the New Orleans Saints. Well, I want to see how many touches number 41 gets. I don't think they should overwork Alvin Kamara, and I'm afraid that Peyton might put a little reliance on him. I think that right now, 15, 20 touches, that should be the max for him this year to get peak 
performance out of Kamara. You got Vereen on the roster. He's similar to what Ingram could do. Okay, he's not an Ingram. But I think Trey Edmonds, along with Ben Vereen, they could cover the fort till Ingram gets back into shape and on the field. The Keeping Alvin Kamara healthy, considering how much he could get banged up, that is a point for everyone to be watching in New Orleans. As we close our look at the NFC South with training camps opening, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, man. Dave T., there's no place to start except Jameis Winston suspended only three games for all his issues. Whatever happens to the Buccaneers in the first three games will happen with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Well, they should send him over to Miralago while he's out on suspension. That way we have two idiots that we know are in the same place. <laughs> you are consistent, if nothing you else. Know, you know, sooner or later they're going to have to realize that they got to cut bait. I feel sorry for Tampa Bay fans because now they got to deal with Ryan Fitzpatrick for a couple of weeks while Winston not only comes back but rounds himself into shape. Honestly, look at this guy's lack of dedication to the game itself. Do you think this guy's going to show up with anything more in the gut? Remember a couple of years ago, his rookie year when he showed up? I mean, the guy looked like he just came out of the maternity ward. Now all of a sudden you're sitting out there and you're subtracting this guy. On top of it, you ended up going ahead even before you knew all of this trouble going on and you went ahead and took up the transition year on him for $20 million. So now you got to hold on to the guy for five years. I wouldn't even taken him to begin with. So that's going to mean other people on the offensive side certainly have to pick things up. If you're identifying some of the most important position battles or the most important, where is it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in camp? Well, I don't think it's going to be a position battle, but I don't want to be an offensive lineman that has problems holding back the big meat. Look at what they added to that defensive line. Jason Pierre-Paul, Bo Allen, who I thought was one of the most underrated defensive tackles for Philadelphia last year. They bring in Vinnie Curry, Mitch Unreen, and then the Manster himself, 370 pounds with 501 speed, Vita Vey, uh, the Morris Trophy winner out of Washington. Oh, my God. And now you're going to team him with Noah Spence, William Golston, Gerald McCoy. Those five offensive linemen are going to go up with by the time the game's over with, man, those guys are going to be punch drunk. That's the good news on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with all the bad that comes from the quarterback position, they've got a lot to look forward to there. What's the biggest question heading into camp beyond the obvious quarterback issues? Cornerback, the competition that they're going to see going on at the cornerback spot, you know, this is going to be a battle royale for them. Brent Grimes needs to learn how to keep his wife out of uh, Twitter. Uh, Vernon Hargraves had himself not only injury issues, but he's had inconsistency out there on the football field. Ryan Smith proved that he wasn't right. Uh, They turned around. They're bringing in MJ uh, Stewart and Carlton Davis, the 53rd and 63rd pick. I think Carl Davis is going to walk away with the nickelback spot right off the bat, and I think Stewart's going to slide into one of the safety spots. They got a big hole in that secondary, but when you got those Mansters up front playing four positions and you got nine guys coming at you, it's going to give that quarterback, uh, he's going to have to be really quick getting that ball off, because if not, he's going to have some big meat coming down his throat. So as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look so solid defensively, you've reeled off a lot of newcomers to this team as well. Who's the newcomer to watch on the Bucs? 
Well, you you look at the talent that they brought in, all of the people. I think you got to go with the defensive line with Vita Vey. I think him and Bo Allen are going to alternate at one of the defensive tackle spots. But this is going to free up McCoy. It's going to free up Jason Pierre-Paul. These are two guys that, you know, they get out on a football field with that cannibal nature. You you meet them up when they see a quarterback. Overhaul in the defensive line was needed. I mean, they got rid of Chris Baker. Uh, Robert Ayers was due to make $6 million. I wanted to give that guy six bucks in a six-pack. Uh, but now you got Allen Gear, Curry, you got Unreen. Uh, you got Pierre Paul, Vita Vey, along if Noah Spence's shoulder comes back. Uh, Will Golston's going to know that now it's time to pick up production because last year he really coasted. Gerald McCoy's getting older, but he's still got some quality in his tank. Defensively impressive. Offensively, we have the question mark starting at the quarterback position, but there's still a lot of talent there. The running back, Jack Jacquiz Rogers. They got the rookie, Ronald Jones, Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Evans. We haven't even talked about them at wide receiver. If if there's a surprise player, who might that be on the Bucks? Carlton Davis, he's going to be the key to this secondary. I could play him at nickel, even though they got MJ Stewart playing in there. Or, ideally, I replace Ryan Smith at left, left corner with Davis. I love Davis. He is physical, and I love physical cornerbacks. He reminds me of one of my favorite boys down in Florida who's now training everybody at Tom Shaw's camp, I tell him. And that's pretty high praise, the former Pittsburgh Steeler cornerback, as you mentioned, now in Orlando handling Tom Shaw's camp. So once again, it's looking like the NFC South. There's not a lot of daylight between a lot of these teams. It'll, again, be a very competitive season. And look at what they got coming up on that offensive line. I'm curious to see how quick he develops out of Humboldt State, and that's Alex Kapper. He really was a star on the offensive line during the Senior Bowl, and they took him in the third round. Uh, you look at Evan Smith, they brought him over from Green Bay, but he's been found wanting as far as the offensive line goes. Donovan Smith really needs to step up this year. If not, they got a problem over at left tackle because their backup left tackle is a former defensive end in Leonard Webster. So despite the issues of quarterback, all is not lost for the Buccaneers. But Dirk Cutter is sitting on one of those coaching hot seats. Yeah, and you know, even the front office general managers on the hot seat, more so, I think, because they gave Winston that fifth year. Okay, uh, you know, it's not guaranteed except for an injury, but you're looking at a guy that's not dedicated to training who's going to be sitting out those games three games. And this is the thing that really blows my mind. Here's a guy to grope somebody in an Uber. He gets three games, and meanwhile, the Miami Dolphins coach says, if you take a knee, uh, the owner says, if you take a knee, I'm going to suspend you for four. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, you know, that, kangaroo court. That is a whole issue with what Winston did. He gets three games. How about Mark Ingram? He gets four, and he took a substance that was prescribed. Whatever. The NFL's got a lot of issues in that regard. What about Fowler over at Jacksonville? He beats up a guy, punches him in the face, steps on his glasses, and gets a game suspension. God bless America. Well, that's our look at the NFC South. The Scouts on our podcast is previewing all the divisions in the NFL as teams open training camp. And we'll remind you that you can get the Scouts on our podcast wherever you get your podcast. And if you have a question, a thought, an idea, email Dave T at scoutingservices at AOL.com. Scoutingservices at AOL.com. We'll take the best questions or ideas and put them in to a future podcast. But for now, Dave T, thank you. And as always, thank you for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 